Hey everybody, Mia here popping in to say that Thank You Dark is a ghost story podcast and may contain some dark tales and themes not suitable for younger audiences. Check out our show description for a full list of content warnings. Going dark! Hello, and welcome to Thank You Dark, where two spirit-obsessed storytellers take you on a tour of the paranormal. Hello, I'm JJ. Hi, I'm Wyatt the Jackalope. I'm a little jackalope here at Sonic Jackalope Studios. Wyatt, I love your face. I, you know, I'm a pretty big fan of it, too. I appreciate your compliment. You're a handsome devil. Oh, I thank you. Do you like my long horns? Well, if there's one thing your horns do for me. Well. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's they do that for me. a lot of people. I'm glad that you appreciate them. Feel good inside. <laughs> I'm Mia. Hi, the Mia. other co-host. That's <laughs> not his voice. <laughs> oh, no, that's the voice right. And I'm so sorry. And that's Jade, <laughs> our that's beautiful Jade. producer. <laughs> um, yeah, we're back in the studio again. Um, having an absolute. Uh, hell of a time. Um, Wyatt the Jackalope is my new best friend. Oh, hell yeah. And Jade is my old best friend. Yes. It's, it's all best friends It's here. coming round full circle, <laughs> mofos. This is the Disney episode part two. Part two. Eat it. Part two, mofos. Part if you uh, if you like it, I hope you also look up the studio. Yeah, Sonic Jackalope Studios. Um, Sonic Jackalope Studios. Sonic Jackalope dot com. Sonic Jackalope dot com. Um, based in downtown Phoenix. Um, an incredible studio. Please check them out. We feel super safe, super fun, it's, super um, happy here. Personal to me. Uh, it's a really, really queer friendly space too. It's it's such an inclusive space. It's such a beautiful place to be making art. And I'm glad that you're listening to it, produced by Jade. We are just so happy to be here. You know who's an ally? Who's an ally? Wyatt Mia? the Jackalope. Wyatt my the new Jackalope. Best oh my God. He gives me confidence. <laughs> they give me the most earnest feeling of joy. Yes. He's a slut. <laughs> He's a slut. <laughs> Respect, Wyatt. Live I, that life. I've always been an art slut. Go through your whole phase. I'm here for it. Are you a jazz artist? Are you a rock band? Are you making theater? I'm a slut for you. I want to give you the best art. Oh, boy. You know what I'm a slut for? What are you a slut for? Fucking haunted mansion. Oh. All Bulls. of my stories today are about haunted mansion. All oh, of them. you really, you like held the fuck out. I really, no, I, I specifically, oh no, Wyatt. He hey, fell down. It's all fine and good, Wyatt. You're in a safe space here. But yes, all of my stories today are Haunted Mansion themed. I saved them all for this part two, this part de extravaganza. Part de. Part de. For those of you who are not part de or Haunted Mansion aficionados, I'm here to give you more sad stories. Like last time. Wonderful. <laughs> Great. I'm the sad guy. That's okay.
watched Better Off Dead today on our lunch break. And that movie is longer than a lunch break, by yeah. the way. And I just loved it so much. When the kid who wants $2 falls off the cliff, I was literally <laughs> wiping tears out of my eyes. It was so good. It was so good. But maybe oh we should God. get to like what our show's about. I mean, I... Or we could talk about Better Off Dead for longer. Oh, Better Off Dead's so good. John Cusack's just like a little baby boy. And he's in love with a girl named Beth. And uh, I ate a lot of pizza. I got like heartburn halfway through the movie because that's what happens when you're old. And I God, it's just so such a good movie. Yeah, no, I think we should get to the <laughs> fucking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. So should we... Get the lights? I think we should both get the lights. And thank the lights. And thank them. All right. You ready? Yeah. Me too. Let's go. All right. Going Going dark. Thank Thank you, you, dark. dark. So, the intersection of Spooky and Disney is one of my favorite little niches to settle into. Oh, my. I love a Disney Halloween film. I love, we've discussed this before, my favorite of all time is Black Cauldron. I love it so much. I love it. There is, I'm not actually going to discuss this in any of the stories at all, but one of the greatest spooky places that Disney's made in the most recent years is Gideon's Bakehouse in downtown Disney in Uh Florida. It's like a Tim Burton-y, very dark, very gothic looking store but it's a bakery i love and they make the most incredible cookies and cakes i've ever seen they have this peanut butter latte that tastes like a peanut butter milkshake it's incredible and uh, mr eyes art is the artist that does all of these different like little caricatures for this bakehouse and i'm collecting them i love them this is not important to the story at all i love it Very much, though. I gotta go to Florida. This sounds amazing. Giddings is incredible. Anyway, Haunted Mansion is the perfect example of Spooky Meets Disney. And Haunted Mansion, for some pretty obvious reasons, is probably the densest topic when it comes to Disney myths and urban legends. It's spooky. It's dark. It's mysterious. And the rumors and stories that come out of its doors are plentiful. So every one of my stories today is straight out of the Haunted Mansion. And before I get into any of these legends, I do need to shout out doombuggies.com. If you're a Haunted Mansion fan, I am surely preaching to the choir. But if you don't know them already, they have the most incredible, most extensive history on the Haunted Mansion. It's, it's not affiliated with Disney at all. It was totally fan-made. But it is this incredible block. It's so well done. They were my biggest source of info for these legends. And if you're at all interested, it is a fantastic and lengthy rabbit hole to fall down. Well, let me write that down real quick. What was it again? Doombuggies.com. Doombuggies, Doom eh? with an M. Doombuggies.com. Got it. They don't know who I am, but I love them. My first Little Haunted Mansion, part one. Scared to death. (gasps) The first legend I I have actually comes from before the ride even opened. And by extension, 
I get to trap you into a little mini history lesson about the ride. I'm trapped. Help. <laughs> the Haunted Mansion went through several iterations before it was actually unveiled to the public as the beloved ride we know today. Walt knew well before Disneyland even existed that he wanted to create a haunted house. It was in development long before the park was built. And I won't go into too many details about its early development. I have to leave some room for other stories today, but that doesn't mean I won't necessarily go into it in the future. But in brief terms, it was originally, originally going to be set up as a walkthrough attraction called the Museum of the Weird. And I don't know about you, but I would still very, 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 very much like the Museum of the Weird to make an appearance at the parks. But like, as a true museum of the paranormal and the macabre, my bucket list is basically indistinguishable from a list of creepy, eerie, and weird museums around the world. So it's a, it's a high on my list of wishes. Anyway, while Walt was developing New Orleans Square in Disneyland in the 50s, he knew this is where he wanted his special haunt to go. Immersive haunt experiences were still a relatively new idea in the 50s, but a love for the macabre and the supernatural was having a bit of a heyday with a surge of stories like Shirley Jackson's Haunting of Hill House, Robert Ooh. Block's Psycho, oh. and shows like The Adam Family and The Munsters. Me, oh my. It was a good time for spooks. Oh, the best. <laughs> Walt explained in an interview once that this would not be your typical haunted house, haunted by one single spirit or poltergeist, but a grand mansion large enough to house all lost spirits. <laughs> There's a quote from Jason Searle in the book The Haunted Mansion, Imagineering a Disney Classic, that goes, Walt had expressed his sympathies for all the ghosts that had been displaced from their ancestral homes. He announced that he planned to build a sort of retirement home at Disneyland for all the world's homeless spirits, unquote. Oh, I'm there for it. Right? It's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Love it. I used to write little stories as a kid, you know, like you do. I feel like everyone has a poorly written, unpublished book series hidden away in childhood notebooks, right? I love your fanfics. <laughs> but one of mine was about an inn for lost spirits. This was like something I actually wrote as a child, kind of like a Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends sort of vibe, but paranormal entities. So this is like super near and dear to my heart. Mia, I love you so much. <laughs> Thanks! But of course, even as a quote, spiritual retirement home, Walt wasn't about to create this attraction without a backstory. And there are some rumors that this early version of the story was frightening enough <gasps> to scare someone to death. Oh no! You see, while the Haunted Mansion officially opened in Disneyland in 1969, nice, <laughs> nice. the ride's facade was completed six years earlier in 1963. So for six years, this spooky New Orleans-style manor was just leering over Disneyland with no explanation as to why it hadn't yet opened. Not nearly as sexy. No, but allowing plenty of time for rumors to spread about the reason for the ride's delay. 
The most common rumor was about a test audience member who was so terrified of the story that he was frightened into a heart attack and passed away before the tour ended. Oh, no. This, the story says, prompted a complete retooling of the ride and the addition of the humorous and lighthearted tone we know and love today. Today's Haunted Mansion is spooky for sure. A six-year-old sobbing one Mia Eller was escorted out of the stretching room with her mother the first time she wrote it. But heart-stopping? Not in the slightest. This story has been proven false. The ride was delayed majorly because of Walt's involvement in the World's Fair from 1964 to 65. However, there was a bit of an attraction redesign following Walt's death in 1966. Sure. And it is no myth that there was a character or two in the original concepts for the ride deemed too scary for the final design. But... Before I talk about that character, JJ, I want to hear your first story. Oh, my first story? Yes! My first story's a fun one. Is it? Yeah, it's like much lighter than the last ones that oh, I told. Oh, okay. That's not a high bar. It, but it is a low <laughs> bar. <laughs> Grab onto your low bars, folks. My first story is about Space Mountain. Mm. Let me say that I'm a big Space Mountain guy. Mm -hmm. I believe I mentioned this in our last episode, and it's just so good. A big spacer. It, I think it's a great concept for a coaster. And I have been genuinely upset as a rider when they changed the light levels inside the ride. I'm genuinely not a big uh, roller coaster person, but I think... Roller coasters can be a lot of fun. Like I, I genuinely had tears when I rode the Incredicoaster. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard I cried. And for like 20 minutes after, I couldn't stop giggling like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> but for me, it's not as fast as the coaster can go. Or how many times you go upside down or whatever. It's about the ride being unique and fun. For those of you who may not have ridden Space Mountain, it's not a particularly intense roller coaster. There are no huge drops, no inversions, and honestly nothing that really takes your breath away. But what makes it so fun is that it's a pitch black, disorienting, cosmic ride through a Pink Floyd-esque light show. You experience most of the ride in pure blindness with only some flashes of colorful light as you tear through both time and space. And now that you sort of understand what makes the ride the ride, let me tell you about its alleged spirit, Mr. One-Way. This is the supposed ghost of a man who will occasionally sit next to single riders. Imagine you board the ride alone, with no one seated next to you, which I imagine is probably pretty rare. And you bring the lap bar down, and as the train car moves forward, you look around one last time before moving into the darkness, with no one there except your own excitement 
and as you are being hurtled through the air, lights flash, and suddenly you realize you are no longer alone. There is someone there sitting next to you, a man, you think. You swear he wasn't there before, but you've been around people in crowds all day, and maybe your mind was playing tricks on you because there is definitely a man with red hair sitting next to you, enjoying the ride. You accept this reality, but when the ride ends and you are brought back into the light, the man is gone. You are, in fact, alone. Cast members sometimes report a guest exiting the ride being confused because they swear there was a man sitting next to them in the dark, and when they boarded, he was no longer there. This is the most common story of Mr. One-Way, as the cast members tend to call him. Another story you may hear, though, is less common, but is that you will board the ride with a stranger sitting next to you, a man with red hair. You may even speak before the ride begins, and while he seems nice enough and is very polite, this man may seem to be very unaware of any recent park updates. Say you mention that you just came before visiting Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars section of the park. He may nod in a confused fashion as if he doesn't know exactly what you're talking about. Or you ask his thoughts on California Adventure, and he again doesn't recognize the names or places you bring up. But the ride begins, and you stop talking and enjoy the pure majesty that is Space Mountain. You hear his screams and his laughter, and you see the enjoyment on his face in those brief moments of clarity as the ride comes to a slow end and you enter back into the light, and once again you realize you are alone. The man is gone. These are the stories that many people claim to have experienced. You can find plenty of first-hand accounts told on the internet. Some say they spoke with him before the ride, and others claim he only appeared in the random flashes of light. Either way, whoever he is, this guy really seems to love Space Mountain. Maybe even more than I do. And that, <laughs> I think that's really saying something. That's saying a lot. It is saying a lot. This guy loves it. I hope he does. Because I mean, if he doesn't... He's spending an eternity he's on spending it. spending a long time riding Space Mountain. Whether residual or not, this guy's like all in. I, you know, I love me some Space Mountain. I don't know if I want to ride it for eternity. But, I mean... I could go for a while. Oh, I could go for a long while. I love that ride. <laughs> I love it too. And it's chill enough that you're not like... You're not getting a head... You know, there are some roller coasters where you get off and you have a headache afterwards. We are both migrainers. Yes. The difference is, I love roller coasters. Oh, they F me up. They they're Straight mess me proper. up real bad. But I love them like so I said, much. The Incredicoaster made me laugh, crying for like 20 minutes after I got off of it. That's a blast. That one's got a loop. 
Some coasters straight send me to hell. Yep. Send me to the depths of my least favorite experience. Vertigo, nausea, mm-hmm. all of it. Horrible. There's one. Space Mountain. Perfect. Just chill enough. Disney's not all about shit your pants. This is a crazy coaster. Right. It's more about, oh, isn't this so magical? Uh-huh. Which I appreciate. I really appreciate. I also like a record shit roller coaster every once in a while. <laughs> so my next story. Yes. Is about the original storyline, or one of the original storylines, I should say, behind the Haunted Mansion. Oh, okay. So the original storyline for the Haunted Mansion was developed by Ken Anderson, the man Walt referred to as his jack-of-all-trades. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. The original tale followed a character named Gideon Gorlew. Oh. A.K.A. the notorious sea captain Bartholomew Gore. Jesus Christ, what a fucking title. It's incredible. He was a ruthless and bloodthirsty pirate presenting himself as a nobleman. Yuggity, yuggity, yuggity. I love it. One day, as Gore is planning his next villainous move, his wife, Priscilla, was upstairs in their attic, discovering a hidden treasure chest, and by extension, her husband's secret identity. When Priscilla confronted her husband about the piracy, Gore murdered her (gasps) in a fit of rage and stuffed her body inside the very same treasure chest she had found. A murder most foul. Mm -hmm. But that would not be enough to get away from his betrayed and butchered bride, Priscilla, along with the souls of every pirate Gore had ever betrayed, haunted him relentlessly in his sleep. He could not escape their torment. Let me remind you, this is the plot of a Disneyland ride. And so, the final scene of the original story was a bit similar to a scene included at the very beginning of the Haunted Mansion we know today. What? The audience would enter a room and look to the ceiling, where it would fade into invisibility right before their eyes revealing Captain Gore hanging from the ceiling, driven to suicide by the angry spirits residing in his home. As the audience exited the attraction, ascending a ramp back to the light of day, they would pass that treasure chest containing the lifeless body of Priscilla, the murdered bride. There is an alternate version in which Gore murders Priscilla by tossing her out an open window. Oh, Priscilla... In this version, as the audience leaves the property, they would pass a decrepit old well, making a disturbing, gurgling noise. If you looked inside, you would find that the water in the well had run a deep red, and hear a rhyme drifting up from the depths, the voices of children taunting. (laughs) JJ makes such faces during these stories sometimes. And hear a rhyme drifting up from the depths, the voices of children taunting the horrible captain. Ding dong dell. Priscilla's in the well. Who threw her in? The wicked Capitan. Not exactly hitchhiking ghosts and barbershop quartet busts. What do you think? Too scary for Disneyland? 
Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's way <laughs> too scary for Disneyland. It's horrifying. This is the story that people thought. Well, maybe that scared somebody into a heart attack. You know. That's so scary. This was meant to be a walking attraction. You were walking through this story. Oh my god. With like effects. You would like see the murder. <laughs> I'll even say like right now if you walk through Disneyland, my daughter doesn't want anything to do with the Haunted Mansion. Sure. She's she loves the movie. Yeah. With Eddie Murphy. Sure. That strange peculiar film. I she loves like it. it. I kind of do too. But she hates all of that at the park. Mm -hmm. She thinks those ghosts are real. Yeah. She thinks it's all very scary. It is a it is not a good time for my daughter. And yet, I'm like, I wish this was spookier. What you just told me right now chilled me to my anus. That is it's a lot. horrifying. Yeah, um, a blood red well. Oh children God. singing rhymes from the depths? No. Awful. I awful, can't. Awful, awful. I can't do it. That is uh, two steps too far. Obviously, it was eventually scrapped. Thank God. Clearly. And while the, mo the mansion's gone through various <laughs> story changes along the way, I do wonder if this murderous lover character may have inspired the eventual edition of my best girl, Constance Hashaway, the Black <sighs> Widow Bride. <laughs> I adore her. I mean, with a name like that, how could you not? Right. She's beautiful. She's wonderful. She beheads her husbands and takes their money. I, I love that to such a degree. I really do. Even more. So last episode was like, these people fucking died. Uh-huh. And now you're hitting me with like, ghost stories. My <laughs> next stories, like I have a, you know, a, a few little like bite-sized Rapid mm, fire, yum yum, urban legends, and they are actually urban legends and actually ghost that. stories related to Haunted Mansion. But I can't resist talking about Haunted Mansion lore anytime anyone gives me the opportunity. I love it so it's one dearly. One of my favorite subjects. You may love Haunted Mansion. Me and my wife. Mm -hmm. Oh, we done love the pirates. Oh, yes. So. To get into this one, as superstitious as this story is, I really enjoy it. I tend to be one of the sort that scoffs at most superstitions, but I kind of like the sweet and fun ones. Mm -hmm. To quote a brilliant and brave man, I may not be superstitious, but I am a little stitious. This story doesn't start too sweet, however, because in the late 70s, a welder once died working on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Walt Disney World. Stories vary, but it is said that he either fell from a great height or was crushed beneath a great weight. And I'm here to ask, why not both? Who's to say? But anyway, once a young man named George presumably did die while working on what is believed to be the tallest tower in the Florida rendition of Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean? Caribbean? 
Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. How do you want to say it, mofo? I'm going to say mofo three times in this story. All right. A young man named George did die while working on what is believed to be the tallest tower in the ride. It is even said his initials were carved into the base of the tower before he died. These initials are rumored to sort of bleed through the paint when attempts are made to cover them up. Some even say that the initials were once buffed out with a sander and then returned slowly, dug back into the steel afterwards. This tower is referred to as George's Tower. The superstitions begin! (laughs) After the park was opened, it was reported by cast members that an older woman would often come through the park, asking to be seated alone on a boat. She would be seen sobbing and talking as the ride went around. Eventually, it was discovered that this poor old woman was the mother of George, who would come to be close with her late son. And I I truly can imagine what that is like to lose a child. That is something I would never wish upon my worst enemy. And shortly after the ride opened, young women uh, started reporting that they felt someone tug on their um, bra straps. Or that they even felt a light slap on the tuchus. And when they would turn around to face whoever did it, no one would be near enough to have done it. George, you George! Is this the young, horny spirit of George? (laughs) If so, it may track that his alleged nature of being more mischievous than malicious makes sense. Every morning as the ride opens, truly though, cast members do greet George with a good morning, George, and it even comes over the grand PA. This is the kind of superstition I'm into. Every night when I leave my theater that I work at, I say, good night, theater, which is to say, Peace out, ghosts. Later, spirits. It is rumored, though, that they do this not to just keep up a tradition, like me. It would then be a rough day of technical errors if they didn't do it. This ride is notorious for breaking down, and people seem pretty split on if he is the cause of these issues, or if he is more of a scapegoat to just simply blame for errors. The cast members who believe rely on numerous indicators to see if George will be causing trouble for them each day. One indicator is if anyone sees a light on in what is called George's Tower during the dunking scene. This means George's home if they see the light on top of the well. Apparently... The light is not always illuminated, but when it is, they take this to mean that he will be making mischief for them that day. Another superstition among the cast members is that George's door 
must remain shut at all times. This door is behind the animatronic dog in the jail scene. And apparently, if it is seen open, it's going to be a bad time. Cast members keep an eye on the door throughout the entire day. It is something they like to check before even powering the ride on in the morning. Some guests have even claimed to have seen the door gently creak open before the ride begins. George is one of Disney World's most famous hauntings, and many people will discuss him on the ride or in the line, even. This is discouraged by the staff because apparently... If anyone shows any shred of doubt or disbelief in him, they are likely to incur his wrath. There are many stories online of people who have went on the ride with a non-believer, and they say that once it is spoken out loud that George isn't real or is simply a bunch of BS, the ride will break down and they will be stuck waiting for the ride to be fixed. So if you find yourself on the ride, be sure, simply, to not speak your disbelief in George into the world. Is George a troublesome spirit trapped within the ride that causes all of these breakdowns and technical errors? Or is he just something to blame when things may not go specifically correct? George, you mischievous little bastard. You rascal. You know what's funny? As as mischievous and silly as he may be, that's what we would call an intelligent ghost. That absolutely is. We wouldn't call it residual. That is an active spirit. A he horny one, mayhaps. Mayhaps. But an active one. And a, and a petty one, maybe. Even Hearing somebody so. in the line, like, oh, George isn't real. You know who's real, bitch? Now it's time to have our closer by Mia. Why don't you why don't you take us into that? Rather than one true closer, how about a bunch of little bite-sized mini-myths to send us out on? Little mini-myths. I think I'm going to get mini-myths tattooed on my stomach in Old English. I hope you do. Yeah, absolutely. Mini-myth. That's... That's what I what my friends called me in high school. Mini myth. Oh, they called me that too, but for very different reasons. <laughs> I don't know if I want to elaborate. You on don't. That. You I don't. Would like just continue. I would like the audience to just stew upon that. I'm gonna talk about some little mini myths with uh, the haunted mansion. So this actually has to do with urban legends surrounded haunted mansion and rumors and ghost stories and such and such. There are many non-animatronic spirits that are said to haunt the Haunted Mansion. Imagineers, back when the ride was being constructed, reported all kinds of weird happenings, even before the ride was fully built. Strange sounds and screams, objects disappearing and reappearing, odd cold spots around the building... And it seems like strange happenings and hauntings wouldn't stop once the ride opened to the public. Like, for example, the man with the cane. <gasps> it's said that there is a gaunt-looking man with a cane that rides the haunted mansion at night. 
Occasionally, late at night when the park guests are dwindling down, cast members have seen this man appear in one of the doom buggies. He is never seen entering the ride, but when the buggy rounds the corner, he is already sitting directly in the middle of the seat, eyes forward, hands folded neatly on his cane in front of him. Gross! And while they watch for him to come out on the other side, he never does. I don't like anything that's described as gaunt. No. Gaunt's one of my least favorite words. It's it's very spooky. It either feels sickly or like just plain old gross. Mm-hmm. Or there are the spirits that come attached to Madame Leota's spell book. <gasps> Allegedly, it's an authentic spell book from the 14th century containing real dark magic. Oh, no. In the seance room beneath Madame Leota's floating head inside her crystal ball, an aged-looking spell book sits on the table. Some people believe it's real and may be the key to allowing real spirits to reside in the attraction's walls. Another source for this potential haunting are the very real human ashes that are often sneakily spread along the ride. Oh no. This isn't so much of a myth as it is a real-life terrifying fact. Isn't it a code? I don't remember what the code number is, but yeah, like, it's like a mind-blowingly common thing that people bring the ashes of their deceased loved ones to the parks to scatter them on their favorite rides. Yucky. So much that there is, like, an actual code word among the cast members. Right. For, like, hey, someone's spreading human ashes on the ride. We need to deal with that. Oh, no. And, unsurprisingly... The Haunted Mansion is among the most frequent, if not the most frequent, scattering site. Oh, boy. And it's worth mentioning that this is highly against the rules. I'm sure. You will get banned from the park and force some minimum wage cast member to sweep up your loved one's ashes out of the ride and throw them away somewhere else. No one wins. No one wins. No one wins here. But with so many ashes not only scattered in the ride, but also immediately disturbed and swept up and moved, could this be the source of some actual hauntings? Like, for example, the ghost of a little boy <gasps> whose mother scattered his ashes along the ride, oh, no. despite already hearing from the cast members that this was not an okay thing to do. The little boy had always loved the haunted mansion and she thought it would be a good place to lay him to rest. And to this day, cast members and guests have claimed to see a young boy near the exit crying. <gasps> there is also a slightly less sad version of this in which this little boy is not found crying, but seen by the very first writers of the day several doom buggies ahead of their own. This little boy pops his head over the back of the buggy, giggles, and then pops back down into the seat. And he is gone by the time the ride is finished. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe Walt was successful in his mission to create a home for any lost spirits. I gotta say, 
that's not okay. No. If you got the ashes mm-hmm. of a loved one. Right. Like, probably not a great idea to spread them on a ride at an amusement park like, where there's lots of medical codes going on. Like, I really get wanting to spread your loved one's ashes in a place that they loved. They in a loved. place that they would like to be laid to rest. Absolutely. But I don't know if it's worth all that. I don't know if it's worth getting banned from Disney for life or just like immediately having their ashes swept up and like thrown I don't know I don't know what they do I'm sure it's like more respectful than just throwing it in the trash but I don't know is it though we don't know I don't know we should reach out to Ethan hey maybe they use a Dyson maybe they just maybe they use the nicest broom available even so maybe they just toss that shit in the trash i don't know that's so sad i love these stories that you chose to share with me tonight i am so appreciative i i cannot thank you enough i love what we do and i'm thankful for jade at jackalope studios to do this for us that is sonicjackalope.com Check it out, motherfuckers. They're also on Instagram and TikTok and all that jazz. I'm now an NPR public radio host. This is my public radio voice, sonicjackalope.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at thankyoudarkpodcast.com. All (laughs) All the things. And send stories to thankyoudarkpodcast at gmail.com, please. Um, And check out our Patreon, Thank You Dark Podcast. Link in description. I have become this strange little connoisseur of ghost stories. The sommelier of ghost stories. We are becoming sommeliers of ghost stories. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) And until next time, going going dark. Don't slap Mia's ass, but I'll slap you you're back. welcome to grab mine. <laughs>